the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Joining me this week and most weeks, it's my good friend Matt. Hey, mate. Uh, I would say the sun is shining and we've won four games in a row. The second bit's true, but I don't know what it's like where you are, but it's 50 mile an hour winds where I am, so the sun's yeah. not shining. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in our minds. It's what, uh, it's what uh, Mrs. Bouquet would call totally garbage. It my really friend, is. Garbage. <laughs> yes, the, uh, the weather overnight was not fun, did not get a lot of rest. We're recording this podcast fairly early doors as well, so I'm a bit bog-eyed as I do this. But yeah, all good fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you know what? We were just talking about this. Is it four games in a row? I'm finding it's hard to believe that we've won that many games in a row. That can't be right. Let's work it out. <laughs> we went over in Europe and beat a team 4-1. Then I think we, uh, I think we lost then. But then we beat them 4-0. And then we beat Burnley 4-0. And then we beat Fulham 1-0. And then we just won again. Wow, yeah. So that's five, four, four. five, four wins in the last... Or five... Hang on, let me just... Yeah, so, five in the last six. There you go, five in the last six. It's a reversal six, of the form we had, which was lost five in the last six. And wow. now we've won five in the last six. That's wow. very odd. Yes. Very creepy. But I'll take it. Yeah, it's almost like to the day that I wrote the blog, I think I'd fire Jose Mourinho. Things have turned around. Mm, maybe you so read, my, maybe read it, sir. Man, yeah, like... my uh, my next blog's called Harry Kane really is crap and he can't score any more hat tricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's so it's strange. It's a lovely, lovely feeling. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like. I don't see that we've done a massive amount different, but the key difference appears to be that. Uh, couple of players have kind of clicked again um and i think the most noticeable one that for certainly the press enjoy talking about is gareth bale yeah yeah he's uh he, he's the bell that that we 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 let go of seven eight years ago that's the, uh, the bell we've, we've finally got back i think the um the, I'd, I'd certainly say that in terms of his presence on the field now is restated i mean he, he He's obviously not the same player because he had done have that pace, which was kind of like a, a real staple of his game back then. But he's he's intelligent enough that he's adapted, and what he does do, which is kind of I don't know, surprised me, but has been a real delight to see. Is he, he he appears to have a competition going with Harry Kane of who can ping the best pass in a match. And I don't know about you, but I'm watching these these pair drop in, pick up the ball, turn and knock these 30, 40 yard passes to feet thinking, jeez. <laughs> Do you know what? When I'm watching it, I actually, it, it I feel a little bit awkward for Sonny because it's like yeah. kind of like, oh, how, how do we kind of tell you that you, you're not part, yeah. of the, part of the duo anymore, you know? But he, I know he did set one up for Kane and, yeah. you know, it, it's fantastic, the three of them, but it just seems to be at the moment, it's, it's the Bell and Kane show, isn't it? I'd very much like Sonny to have a bit of a rest. The guy has played a phenomenal amount, and I genuinely believe he's a little bit jaded at the moment. I, mm. I think Hoybier's looking a little bit jaded as well, and those two are kind of like the mainstays ever presence. 
Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But, I mean, we got a Europa League game today, Dinamo Zagreb. Really, both of those two could, should not be starting tonight, ideally. You'd obviously like them to play the next game because we play that... Um, oh, I can't even think what I called now. That other team from London, um, <laughs> from Woolwich. Uh, they wear red, whatever. don't they? Yeah, it come back to me at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Something to do with arseholes, I'm sure of it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, Dinamo Zagreb's today, uh, as we record this, the 11th of March. Um, it's, it's the home tie first. Originally, we were drawn away, of course. I did have to laugh at the press conference yesterday because uh, the minute they reversed this fixture, Arsenal, you know, started banging the drum and doing their head in about it. Uh, I mean, I've I got a lot of problems with Jose Mourinho, but one of the things I do like about him is he genuinely dislikes Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> he did He did when he was Chelsea manager, he did when he was Man United manager, and he's, he's really taken that on board and run with it with us, which I like. But he wasn't taking any crap over that yesterday. Um, it was like he, he walked into that press conference primed and ready, and as soon as somebody set him up, he absolutely unleashed. Um, you know, the last uh, the last North London derby on the Thursday before they played at home, and we were away playing in the ice against uh, whoever it was, Alaska, I think it was. He said, you know, but did they have the advantage? I think we won that game. Yeah, comfortably <laughs> as well, if I recall. Yeah, yeah so... Um, yeah, you don't uh, you don't mess about with stuff like that. How do you feel about the North London derby going into this? By the way, because I mean, it, if if I'd asked you this two podcasts ago, I think your general reaction might have been like, "Oh, I'm dreading it." But how are you feeling now? I feel like whenever I talk about the North London derby, I know it always oh, sounds a little bit cliche, but form just is irrelevant. It, mm. I, I know, I know, it's a cliche thing to say, but it it really it. With North London derbies over the years, it, it, it just—I genuinely think form is just irrelevant. It's just yeah. like whoever's up for it more on the day. On the day, yeah, that's how it normally feels. So I never know. I never know how to like. I never know how it's going to go. I mean, like for example, the, the one that we just mentioned that was it. It was two 0 wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think but, so. Yeah, but that really surprised. That really surprised. I say it surprised me because if you. If you look to the form of the two teams, then it wouldn't have been a surprise. No. But because it was a North London derby... It was the comfortableness. It, of yeah, the really, yeah, yeah, completely. And, and I mean, me and you are, are old enough to remember when, you know, these North London derbies, they were kind of like, you know... Um, Let's not get embarrassed. Yeah, basically, wasn't it, you know? And and at, at the moment, I, 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 I kind of just feel confident, really, I guess, going into them. It's funny, I, I um, said to somebody the other day on the Facebook page about the North London Derby, I feel incredibly confident most of the time. For for the last few years, i felt very confident going into every Derby. Yeah. Right up until kick-off. Right. <laughs> or, or a little bit before kick-off, and then I just feel sick. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I genuinely don't know how anybody enjoys Derby. I, I think if you genuinely enjoy them... You got a little bit of something wrong. A bit sadistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, did you torture animals as a kid? <laughs> just, yeah, I, I, I just sort of get to the day and I'm like, oh, I feel sick. It's, I'm not even, you know, I'm not in London, so I don't have the quite the same ferocity like you face and stuff with being surrounded by the likelihood of fellow fans from every other team, including Arsenal. But I do have a number of friends who are gooners. 
we, I mean, one of them I have a real friendly rival with. Me and her have a bet every single season. We have done for a long time. And we basically, it's a stupid bet, like along the lines of at the end of the season, whoever is top, out of the two teams in the league, the other person has to do a forfeit or a dare. Mm. We've done it for years. Last year, I, I made her wear a Tottenham shirt um, to a to a, some of a family thing, her whole family are Arsenal fans. A couple of years before, she was getting married in the summer, and as the season ended, I made her wear a Tottenham shirt, set it as her Facebook profile picture, and she wasn't allowed to change that profile picture until she got married. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's the comments on it. It's like, what the f*** are you wearing? She's like, look, <laughs> if Arsenal were better, I wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I've had to suffer the pain of doing all sorts like that so in the past so you know fair fair enough that that's kind of fine but there are some that would just absolutely love the joy of the minute full time i are here from them you know i don't hear from them for months and then my phone just blows up the minute yeah. they beat us yeah so I, I do have that kind of dread feeling of like i can't come on I can't, we can't do this we can't do this yeah it's because so much on the line i mean i i, I find like if, if we win if we win the North London Derby, so for example, the last yeah. one earlier in the season, my two <clears throat> pleasures are watching watching the highlights on Match of the Day a fair few times and watching Arsenal Fan TV. I just love it. Uh, yeah. I love yeah. it. I just, honestly, and, and what, what I normally love as well is I know it was quite comfortable, the last one, but I like it when, so the, the last season when we beat them 2-1 and yeah. did they take the lead? or I know we took the lead and they equalised, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. And, and I love watching... They meet, what, celebrate when they equalise because you just know how much it means to them. Just full well knowing <laughs> that in a few, in about thirty minutes' time, I can fast forward to watching them sit I, there I was, and suffer. Uh, I, I was just talking something. about people being sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pleasure wow. to be gained from that, wow, Sam. Yeah. There really is. Because I, I, look, I've, I've like you said, like, like where I live here, like nearer to London. I don't live in London, but I live you know nearer to London. And uh, yeah. funny enough, where I do live, a lot of people sort of moved from north london upwards here so yeah. you get a lot of um like in stevenshire you get a lot of either spurs fans or arsenal fans a lot you know mm-hmm. and it's funny what you say because um like i've i've got like a two or three arsenal fans i know either work with or uh friends i've known and like if we get thumped by a team or something i'll always get a text from them like yeah. they really take a lot of pleasure from it and it, in a funny kind of way, I don't feel the same with them. Like you know, if Arsenal get, like, I I don't don't give me mind. I watch Arsenal fan TV, yeah. but I don't feel the need to kind of like message them about it, you know, because it's not yeah. a game. But but with like you know, it's Arsenal played, but it's not against us. Whereas with exactly. them, they're constantly looking for our results and yeah. and 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 probably look, I I don't want to kind of second guess their motives and thoughts, but like you know, we'd spent a long time talking about what it was like for us in 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 the in the dark days yeah. and. And, and we'd grab anything we could, couldn't we? So, like, oh, if they're, Arsenal they're lost... there now, definitely. Yeah, so you kind of, like, you're almost clutching at straws, aren't you? And, like, if Arsenal lose 2-0 to a team, that's all you've had for the last six months, so let's jump on that, you know? And it yeah, feels I mean, almost we, like um, where they are. We, you know, we, we were having our really crap run, as we all know, and we we lost the West Ham, and one of my Gooner mates decided to message me about that. And I replied saying, I mean, you are right. I said the statistics show that this is our worst Premier League season for, like, 12 years. Um, you know, we are playing really badly. It's why it's even more embarrassing that you're still below us. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he was just like, all right, fair point. Fair like, well, point. Sorry. 
and, and it's true. It's, it's just like we are having one of our worst seasons in a long time, and yet we are still comfortably above them. I think by seven points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, just shows that's you. madness. I mean, yeah. I, it's like my brain can't compute that. That, and and it is, and it does make me analyse things a little bit more. Like you know, with Jose Mourinho, and I was. I wasn't quick to say I think I'm done with him. My opinion hasn't changed. I do genuinely still have all the same reservations. But I um, <laughs> I do look at it and I just got to go, it's, it's amazing to me that Jose Mourinho does get called out by the press quite horrifically mm. over things. And yet, you know, Arsenal, who, if you ask any of them, are such a bigger club than us, Arteta's bulletproof. Yeah, he seems to be, doesn't he? You know, I mean, it's yeah. like they, they they are that far below us when we are so rubbish, we are so crap, and yet they constantly up and down, and yet it's praise. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I quite like the fact that people have picked up on it with Bielsa now in Leeds, because Bielsa's like the, the wonder man. He can do no wrong. And like, oh, I love the way his team plays. Different. I, like, I say this, I enjoy watching Leeds United play. But... Where are they? Mm. And on a regular basis, they get thumped. Yeah, they do. It, it's it's been a it, it's it, it's been a really like you know you say it's been a really crazy season, isn't it? And there's yeah. been teams that like the like the couple of examples of real craziness I can think of is Liverpool is the biggest craziness, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I know. To, yeah. to lose six home games in the league on a spin is just absolutely mental like yeah. what what odds would you have got on that like, in, like uh, at the beginning I'd of the have, season I'd have loved to just all, no I don't, I don't even think a bookie would give you odds no. they probably would have gone nah mate no, no you're like yeah. yeah but but and then and then another crazy one I think is the Southampton one and and I don't know if it, um, that Southampton are they getting I guess because they were never expected to be top of the league when they were yeah and but but now you look at them, I think they're about four or five points off the relegation zone. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane how this season's gone. And then you look at Man City, yeah. who were uh, I know they're a strong team, but towards the beginning of the season, I mean, we were a few games in, and they were like mid-table, mm-hmm. and now they're like absolutely storming the league, and like yeah. they've won it already. You know, it's just bizarre how the season's gone. It, it, it is weird. Do you know what I was going to ask you as well before I forget? And yeah. and I, and, I, and I really want this to be a, a positive positive podcast because obviously we're doing really well but yeah. I just wanted to address it because it was something that I, I saw in a couple of uh, WhatsApp groups that I'm in Spurs ones mm-hmm. and I know you mentioned it as well but the bizarre bizarre opinions of Graham Soonis oh like, man like, yeah I, I, that I, I, really wound me up yeah I, I, caught, I know you mentioned it and, and I did it, catch and it, it doesn't like normally stuff like that is like water off a duck's back and I just switch it off but there, there was something about the way he did it, and it just, yeah, it really, really wound me up. What do, what do you think his motives are behind? Um, behind like... I, I think he's trying to hide a micro dick. Genuinely, now I know I, I've just said that for a stupid, cheap laugh, but <laughs> I, I honestly cannot work it out because I, I'm fine with pundits not being happy with the way Jose Mourinho has us playing football. That's all right, fine, it's fine, because everyone has an opinion and they are there to give opinion on football. Absolutely fine by me. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with him calling out the fact he doesn't feel that certain players have put in enough of a shift. That's his opinion, etc, etc, etc. But what is interesting to me was, in this particular instance, I think the thing that just like 
uh, wang me up, like really got to me, was it felt personal, and it felt nasty. It, it felt it felt like it went beyond the kind of like uh, people talk about Roy Keane just being a grumpy git, saying, "Oh yeah, well, well, he's crap and stuff." I never feel like Roy Keane's being personal about anybody. I feel like Roy Keane, if he saw his son in the garden, like miss a shot, he'd go, "That was crap." You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I, I just that's Roy Keane. I think. I think that's how he is, and I think that's why Mika Richards loves sitting next to him and laughing his head off at him yeah. so much because he, yeah. you know, generally is a guy who could find, you know, <laughs> find the money and go, "Oh, now mm. I've got to find out who this belongs to." You know, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. just real grumpy git. So. I never think of any any critique he has as like a personal thing. And Graham Souness, uh, over time, I've just sort of thought, oh, he's he's seeming more and more kind of the, I don't know, um, old guard, you know, kind of really outdated. But with this, the, literally, the pundit said something like, "It's great seeing Gareth Bale playing like this again." All you've got to do with this is like, yeah, yeah, it is great seeing him play again. And if your opinion is, but why wouldn't it sooner? Then you could air that in a kind of way. It would have been great if it had been sooner. I'd love, you know, love to find out why it's taken so long. He just attacked him. Yeah, he went he for him, didn't he? Uh... absolutely went for him. Um, he was sat on the bench smiling. He's clearly not involved. The whole freaking thing about, yeah, well, Real Madrid don't want him. So what does that tell you? It tells you that Real Madrid don't want him. I, I don't know what... You know, if you're that good, you'd still be at Madrid. I'm sorry, but Ronaldo's still one of the best players of the world. He left. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's crap. <laughs> it's just utter, utter garbage. And the opinion is shite. I, I, don't, I don't understand why they couldn't get their head around that... Well, I'll tell you what they can't get their head around. They can't get their head around mental health. I don't know whether it's an age thing. I don't know whether it's the the game has changed and the way Mika Richards tried to put that across and then sooner scoffed at him. Oh, don't go into the whole the game's changed thing. Well, Graham, it has changed because guess what? People have changed. Mentality has changed. The way we view mental health, the way we react to things, has changed. Gareth was over there in an environment that he wasn't feeling good in. And if you feel like crap at work, guess what? You don't put in the same amount of effort. Hmm. You just don't. It is not freaking rocket science. Everybody listening to this has probably done a job in their lives where it sucked. The people you worked with were assholes or something. Just it made it crap. And you got up in the morning and you literally had to go, oh, i got to go and do this again. Now, it doesn't matter how much money you're getting paid. And it's like, I, I go down this road so much with people. Yeah, well, he's getting 600 grand a week. I'm like, and? Where, where's the imaginary money cut off that makes being unhappy go away? Yeah, Is yeah, it sure. that I earn a grand? Mm. You know, if I earn two grand, do I stop being unhappy that people around me don't like me? Mm. He... Gareth Bale was going to training and people were egging his car. Fans were egging his car. He would go and play in games. He scored a winning goal in a cup final and then got racially abused by fans outside. His own fans. They're a weird bunch of real Madrid fans. They, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's a sidebar it's very much. Weird. So. But to question why he's not in Madrid anymore and if he was that good, he'd still be there is lazy, it's yeah. moronic, mm. it's antagonising, and it is completely skipping over the mental side of it. 
he's sat on the bench at Tottenham and he's happy. I'd never be happy if I was sat on the bench. Well, Graham, you you played football in an era where literally substitutes only happened if there was an injury. You didn't play a squad game. Yeah. Football nowadays played at a higher intensity because guess what? The game has changed. There is a squad game. Gareth Bale came back and was sat happy on a bench. I don't know about you, but on my kind of view of that, it's, it's great to see him happy again. Yeah, of course he is, yeah. And and the thing is as well, he's got he's obviously got a big affiliation with Spurs, which is yeah. why he wanted to come back in the first place. Yeah. And I, I can remember at the beginning of the season when he wasn't nowhere near fit enough and he was watching the games from the stands and he was he was a fan sitting there, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. You know? Was, yeah. I, I I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my head and it really annoyed me. I mean I think I went on a massive rant in our group chat about it, but it just really got under my skin. Um and, and someone pointed out to me that while they're doing their jobs, I'm like, What do you mean? You say, Well, if you got under your skin you're wanged up about it, you're gonna tweet about it, you're gonna talk about it. That's what they want. Uh yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, I mean I d I don't know. I mean you, you look at um you look at. I always think think the person that wants the responses, wants the outrage, is someone like Adrian Durham on on Talksport. Like you know, he's yeah. he's he's a clickbait uh, presenter, isn't he? You know, yeah, he will say yeah. something. Uh, but I, I think with Sunis, it's obviously that's irrelevant to him. He's not doing that. You know, he's just a pundit no. on. But I, I just I feel like it maybe, and this is just my opinion. But I feel like he just wants he need he feels like he needs to stay relevant, and and the only way he's going to stay relevant is by saying things that. Well, I mean, I know we're 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 a relatively small podcast, but we're talking about him, so yeah. he's got people talking about him. So in a kind of way, it's it's not getting people to phone in like like someone like Adrian Durham, but it's just to keep him relevant, because yeah, like I I feel like um, you know the the the, the opinion like like you said like when they were talking about Bale, there's so many things you could like we'd won the we'd comfortably won the game, comfortably yeah. won the game. It was the Bell and Kane show. It was just a pleasure to watch, mm-hmm. and for you and for for someone to sit there in the studio and think, "I'm only going to say negative things," it yeah. does it doesn't make sense, does it? No, no, and then that was the thing as well because it, it took away the Tottenham fans. We 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 haven't won many recently, no. so when you when you win a game. One of the pleasures of winning a game is like, you know, oh, I'm going to watch Match of the Day tonight. I'm yep. going to listen to the analysis. I'm going to listen to them talk about stuff. Um, like I, I, And it sort of gets to me that one of the few pundits that I can listen to about Tottenham and feel like they're being genuine in what they discuss is Ian Wright. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that like, just, isn't that just ironic, isn't it, really? It's like just the strangest irony in the world. And then you've got Graham Sunas, who started his career at Tottenham. You've got Roy Keane, who's apparently a Tottenham fan, as of recently, he came out with. <laughs> and and they're just sat there like grumpy old men, you know. I, I mean, it, it got so bad that you've got someone like Jamie Redknapp, who we always say, Jamie Redknapp, you sacked my dad, well, you know. yeah. And he, yeah. Was, he was actually defending us with I know. Roy Keane. I, I, I was sharing Generally, when that happened, and I I didn't see that live, but when that happened, I was just like jaw dropped, like wow, <laughs> really? You're and, and I think I even said to you, joking, he's obviously had the nod. His dad's in line for a caretaker role. Should Jose get sacked? <laughs> but yeah, just like mouth open, like what the f- is going on? We're in the twilight zone. This season is really upside down. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't want to. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We shouldn't spend a massive amount of time talking about it. But it did annoy me, and it did annoy me because it felt completely unnecessary. Mm. The the thing they picked up on is in the interview he talked about being 31. 
Now, the question was like, oh, you do this, you do this. And he was basically just saying, I'm not 21 anymore, you know, so I'm not going to be the Gareth Bale that kicks it past the fullback and bursts past him. You know, that's not my game anymore. He was pointing out the fact that his body's different, you know, he's had wear and tear and now he's differently. They jumped on that. It's like, oh, well, Ronaldo's 35 and he's still going strong. You know, it's just excuses. Like, oh, for fuck, you've got no idea. And Mika Richards is trying to interrupt you. Go, when you've had serious injuries and you're trying to get your confidence back, mm. it's, a lot of it is down to the mental side of having that belief in yourself. So Bale is deliberately chilling everyone out <laughs> like yeah of course yeah yeah i've scored a few goals that's fine but you know don't don't be expecting <laughs> you know don't be expecting taxi from Micons anytime soon <laughs> because that's not me anymore yeah and that's, that's not me right now yeah of course and, and an example you can look at in the spurs squad of someone where injuries have really affected their their career really is lamella like lamella's yeah. a, a classic example like i i feel i know we've mentioned this recently but I, I'm really liking the mellow at the moment. Yeah. You know, like to the point now where when he came on as a sub, I'm like, oh, wicked, Lamella's come on the pitch now. Yeah. And, and, and in the part... And he'll kick someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, not, not even that, but he's he's like, you know, you only got to look at the the, the, the fourth goal, the, the ball, the yeah. sublime pass to, 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 uh, to Sonny. Yeah. I, I feel like Lamella's in the form of his life at the moment. And yeah. if Lamella had, had not had the amount of serious injuries he's had over his career I, I think he would be on like I said before he'd, he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet because yeah, you, you, you see glimpses of who he could have been and and, yeah. and and like you said with Bale injuries aren't just it's not just a physical thing it's a mental no. thing as well no, massively I mean and anyone who's ever played any sport at any level, you know, whether it's just pub teams, you'll know if you've done a muscle injury or something like that, you are hesitant <laughs> the next time you mm. go to do something because you don't want that, you know, it's a natural biological response. I don't want that pain again. Mm. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Know, yeah. Have you ever pulled your hamstring? I haven't, fortunately. You, I, it's, you know, people describe it as like being shot in the leg, like you just feel like this pain and you're like you could be mid-run and then bang you're dang ah! yeah it's very accurate now <clears throat> i was never a sprinter i was a rugby player <laughs> you know <laughs> never gonna be you know mistaken for an athlete but it happened to me playing i came back from it about i don't know how many weeks it was and we were in a game and the ball was like loose and i, I practically walked to the ball <laughs> and everyone's like what are you doing i was like oh sorry I, you know my my brain was clearly like now take it easy yeah sure <laughs> there was no rush <laughs> remember the last time what happened um yeah so it took me ages just to kind of go yeah, right, do you know what, I shouldn't be playing, I, sh- I should probably just run in the park for a bit until I'm confident again. Yeah, yeah. At, at elite level, you don't lose that biological, mental kind of thing, thing, but what you do also have is you have all these sports scientists, doctors, everyone, all these scans and everything like that. Something else that's made me laugh is <clears throat> managing Bale's minutes. So Bale knows his body, and Jose's talked about this a lot in the press conference, have you ever seen the Spurs do a, a thing, a Jose Cam? I have. I, I do like watching that, yeah. Have you seen the one with the game where the fourth official is basically wetting himself because he's <laughs> listening to Bale and 
Jose talk constantly about how much longer he wants to be on the pitch. Right, no, I, I didn't so see that. the fourth that. official was just like shaking his head in the background. But he, Jose, ten more, ten more, five more, five more. And you can hear a bell in the background. Five, five, no, ten, ten, ten. Okay, ten, ten. And he goes back to the assistant and they're chatting. They're doing stuff, watching the game, watching the game. Comes back, ten, you're still ten. Five. <laughs> okay, five, five. Goes back, the guy starts warming up warming up I think it's Lamella's warming up he wanders around the fourth official still just like shaking his head and anyway so he go to the fourth official we're going to make this change and I think the assistant's got to do the board now so you know COVID so they're, they're talking to him and everything and then Jody walks to the side like right right okay yeah next next time next time next time no I can do five more okay five more <laughs> Oh my god! Do you know what? That is only a thing that could happen with With where things are at the moment. There's no way they'd hear them in front of sixty thousand fans. (laughs) What do you think? And I know. Sorry, this is a sidebar now. What do you think to the modern phenomena of players making sure the referees seen the foul by basically screaming like they've been assassinated? Yeah. Well, it's it's just taking advantage of the current situation, isn't it? That's all they're doing. They're just just taking advantage of it. I can't. I've been to enough live games to know that when I'm there and I'm, I'm near the pitch, if they've always done it, I I surely would have heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, don't worry. I've I've seen tackles in games where I've heard like ah, but it feels to me like every time there's a challenge, someone puts a shout in, and there's a particular gooner called Lacazette who got highlighted on Match of the Day. <laughs> have you seen this? I haven't. No. Oh, mate. He gets tackled. The tackle maybe is a little bit late, but there's nothing. There's nothing to it. He screams like three times in a row. I mean, like screams to the point. The first time I saw it, I generally thought, "Oh wow, he's broke his leg." <laughs> but I, I was just like, like genuine. I was like, no one could possibly make those kind of noises unless there's bone sticking through shin here. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Oh wow. The referee gives the free kick, starts walking in the direction of the player, jumps up. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a few people on Twitter go, yeah, he does it all the time. I'm like, really? And then people are sharing compilations. It's ridiculous. It is so bad. Like, ah! And you're like looking at him like, wow, this guy's been murdered. (laughs) No, 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 he's fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Match of the Day did like a full-on thing on it where Gary Lineker, they put a screamer meter up, like decibel levels he reached and stuff. Oh, Jesus. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Do, do you know what that reminds me of? Have you? Uh, it came up on my feed, actually, yesterday. Uh, the it, the Swansea player, was it Flores? I can't think of his name. And you got Sam Allardyce. Sat, uh, it's happened, I think it's a oh, few years. Oh, yeah, no, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes down, the referee ignores him, and then he gets yeah. up and Sam Allardyce just starts laughing yeah. at him. Yeah. Like really yeah. laughing at him. Yeah, well, proper, yeah. And he got really Larry, and Allardyce just looking at him like, just oh, mate, puts, that's puts, hilarious. I love it. Allardyce just puts his hands in his pockets and just carries yeah. on laughing at him. Well, yeah, as he should, yeah. I, mean, I, I do find it quite funny sometimes when I see these like modern small players square up the Sam Allardyce. And I oh, think, no, yeah. Nah, nah, man, no. <laughs> it's, it's a... Uh, I'm not the biggest big Sam fan in the world, but he he deck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's he pretty obvious. Played, he played the game in an era where you had to be quite tough, and he's a yeah. big guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he will quite literally snap you in half. Um, yeah, no. I, I tell you something that people have been sharing a lot at the moment is um, that 90s football. 
Now, me and you probably think of the 90s as not that long ago. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Sadly, it was, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> people watching 90s football clips now are sharing stuff on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, I remember that. And I'm, like, watching it now going, oh, wow. Oh, wow, that, I can't believe that happened. Like, Vinnie Jones grabbing someone by the balls and stuff yeah, like that. yeah. And like people are sharing this, go, wow, this happened in the nineties. Wow, this is what football used to be like. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, was, was. that, was, the, that was the beautiful game. <laughs> um, but it's just hit me that people watching stuff in the nineties is the equivalent of me and you being at school in the nineties watching stuff of the sixties. Yeah, yeah, of course. And no. that hit me like a freaking hammer. <sighs> we're getting yeah. old Sam aren't we we are getting old getting getting no I'm there I, full on pipe and slippers level I, I'm, I'm done this apocalypse has finished me off pandemic is like no that's it I'm done I've, I've accepted it I'm an old git do you know <laughs> talking to me my stretchy trousers I'm entering them for a life I'm now there, yeah just just give me the badge do you know yeah. do you know it come up on my um my Facebook memories yesterday yeah so yeah if yesterday was the uh Leipzig game and yeah, I'd, taken was, a, I'd yeah. taken a picture of the stadium, and that was the last time we played in front of a full crowd. Yeah. Someone said we've not finished one season in our new stadium yet. That's mad. With fans. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. People wonder about the financial side and stuff. Um, I know. I, I just, oh, I always, I always yeah. think this. I know you know, you you know, obviously a lot more than me. This is just me kind of thinking about it. But I, it's not the Premier League teams. That I, I sympathise with. It's the low. It's the teams in yeah, League One, yeah, League Two, because yeah. they yeah. don't get any television money, do they? You no, know? not really. <laughs> not just nothing in nothing. Like comparison. No, no, no. They um, there, there's. I mean, there are things being done to help. Um, it's it's never as much as everybody wants. Of course, it's not, but it never is. Um, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. I would also say, um, and. Uh, you, you're <laughs> a lot of people might roll their eyes at me for this, okay? But I, I would also say that during lockdown one, a lot of these clubs in League Two and League One screamed to everybody who would listen that there was no way they could possibly survive. Uh, you know, just just past Christmas, should should the game, you know, fans not be allowed back in. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, n- no club has gone under due to COVID. Now, I'm not saying that they're not all struggling and they're all whatever, but I just, I, I do sometimes think that football isolate, isolates itself in a bit of a bubble where, you know, oh, we're so poor, we're going to go under, we're, you know, but hang anyway, our payroll for this week is 500 grand. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like, all right, yeah, perspective, mm. <laughs> perspective still somewhere. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, the the Premier League clubs are just—it's ridiculous that the money that's still within football, even with the fans missing. Um, but yeah, uh, talking about money in football is a subject that's come up a few times, and people have asked me to talk about it. Um, Dan on our podcast said to me about um, so many people are talking about the debt the Tottenham are in. There's been articles written about how the club are now a billion pounds in debt and stuff, and. I kind of thought, well, I can address it, but I don't want to bore people to death talking about money side of things. So I'm, I'm going to do it in a kind of uh, the broad brushstrokes way. So it, I'm I'm not going to quote real figures here. I'm just going to use real broad 
brush strokes to kind of illustrate what that means because the articles that have written to say that we're a billion pound in debt are not really accurate <laughs> you can understand why people have said that you can understand why people have looked at it and said it oh yeah it's this but it's not exactly true so the club itself think of it as two entities for the purpose of this think of tottenham hotspur football club and think of tottenham hotspur plc Tottenham Hotspur Football Club is the team. It's the the players, the coaches, all of that aspect of things. And Tottenham Hotspur PLC, think of it as the stadium, Mm. you know, senior management. The stadium has a loan secured against it of nearly 700 million. The stadium also has a government-backed scheme for COVID relief of about 300 million so when you say those figures there that's the billion pounds in loans that's billion pound debt you know yeah, <laughs> that, sure. that's where it is um <clears throat> and that's what people have written you know it's a billion pound debt oh my god you know the club we're, we're in so much trouble the reality is we're, we're we're not so so let me kind of break it down if i can so the, the 600 to 700 million, and I'm using really round figures here, so it's probably slightly less than these. So we'll call it 700 million, is securitized bonds on the stadium following the build. All of the repayments for that, in terms of how we pay that back, is done in a way that it comes purely out of stadium, stadium uh, income. So let's imagine COVID didn't exist for a moment Mm. and the stadium was full every week and not only was it full every week you also had uh, i think it was two games of rugby were going to be played there uh four games for the nfl were going to be played there um and also you had four concerts booked with another two that weren't announced but were also ready to be announced Mm. all of the income from all of those events were more than enough to service the loans. So forget Tottenham games at the stadium, the rugby matches, the NFL, and the concerts would service the loans. So quite literally, there is no money being taken out of the football side at all. So the stadium is paying for itself, which means that for every Tottenham game, all of the increased revenue from inside the stadium of nearly one million per home game belongs to Tottenham Hotspur, the football club. The gate receipts, which obviously we were at White Hart Lane of about 38,000, we're now at 64,000. That huge increase, gate receipts, all into the football club as well. That's why the football club can now afford the higher wage brackets for our players like Harry Kane, etc., and it's why that we can have higher transfer fees, etc., etc., because we've got that much larger base when it comes to revenue. We can comply to the FFP rules. It's all there. But this is why I keep saying people need to think of it as two separate entities, because the reason why they took the 300 million loan from the government for COVID wasn't to you know pay the players or anything like that. That's still being done by the football side of it from money in the club the 300 million was to service the loans on the stadium all the running costs whilst it's unable to be open 
that's what these loans were in place for. Now, Tottenham were the first club to do this. Uh, I think 30 have now done it. The loans have got a ridiculously low interest on them. I mean, are next to nothing. The initial 12 months, no repayments on it at all. So the club have not made any repayments on that 300 million and won't for a, two more months. Mm. Once those repayments do come in, they are still at such a low interest rate that you're not. It's not going to impact the club's financial bottom line beyond just being in the debt book. And when the stadium is able to reopen, and when the stadium is able to put on the events, etc., which we now have almost like a backlog of events and things that are all going to be rebooked and put back in, it'd be gone within a year, the, the 300 million part. It, that'll just be gone. And then the, the rest of the loan will go back to being amortised over the 10 years and then it'll be gone as well. Hearing the club's got a billion pounds worth of debt sounds, oh my God. When you actually break it down and work it out of where the club will be with the stadium open and fans allowed back in, we're actually still in a phenomenal position because of the stadium build. Yeah, it, it just by the sounds of things, it, like from what I take from what you've said, is we're just, you know, we're not any worse off. We're just sort of just delayed the repayment. And that's, of the debt, and really. that's yeah, yeah, and that's why that's why they had to take that loan because you know last summer we we bought a number of players. A lot of people went, oh, hang on a minute, this ain't on. Tottenham took three hundred million off the government. Now they're spending it on players. Again, think of the separation. Tottenham had money in the football account, in the football inside of things. If Tottenham hadn't taken that loan to service the stadium, then they would have had to have taken money from the football inside to do that. Mm. Daniel Levy's commitment to all of us from day one of the stadium project has always been, I'm going to do this project and it's not going to impact the football side. It's something he set out himself because he saw what happened to Arsenal. You know, Arsenal went in, built the stadium, and they had to sell players on a fairly yeah. regular basis because of the situation they were in. You know, let alone sign anyone. <laughs> you know, mm. they just couldn't do it. So with us, Daniel Levy looked at that and went, right, you know, I can't. that can't be what happens to us. And so he's designed it all the way along. I, yeah. I You know, it's funny that we're recording this podcast today which is 20 years since Daniel Levy and Enoch took charge of the club. Now, there's a blog on our, our website that I wrote just talking about Daniel Levy. Um, it's not the first blog I've written about a guy, and I'd love it to be the last, to be honest, but it probably <laughs> won't be. Um, but his commitment to this with the stadium and the plan, I, I've said this before, but the plan for the build was phenomenal. And if it had worked without the delay, it was probably one of the best things or business ideas and plans I've ever seen in my life. It was just phenomenal. But the delays meant that it didn't work. When you got to this, with the way he's lined up the debt and what he's done with that, again, the, the way the stadium is made so the stadium will basically clear the debt for itself... That's phenomenal, <laughs> you know. Yeah, of course, it it really, you know, there was there was there, the other thing was the boxing. You know, Anthony Joshua's fight was going to be there at the stadium. That on its own was something like five million pounds into the into the thing, which which is more than enough to pay the debt for a year. 
Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. so all of that money into the stadium, yeah, those events aren't generating money for, for the football side of it right away, but it's making sure that the football side of it sticks its own, keeps its own money, deals with it itself, and just pays off the stadium debt. And, of course, the sooner that happens, the better. Yeah, of course. And we've also now brought in a guy from the NFL whose whole specialist is the branding of stadiums. You know, he's secured deals for major NFL franchises with companies to brand the stadium. Daniel Levy's been trying to do it himself. He's admitted defeat on it. Like, you know, okay, I've not been able to do this. So he has hired somebody to do it. Hmm. Something I I think I've said on the podcast, I think he should have done a long time ago. But, you know, I I applaud the fact he's now realised and he's doing that. The guy we've just brought in secured stadium naming rights deals for NFL teams that you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily go, oh wow, yeah, that's you know, they're they're the team. Oof. Um so if you can come into us with the Premier League, potentially Champions League, but definitely European football and the NFL and all of the events that we're talking about, boxing, rugby, all of it will be played at the whatever stadium. It's a massive opportunity. And again, if you sign a 10-year deal with somebody and you're looking at 200 million, 300 million for that 10-year deal, again, you've just absolutely obliterated the debt and the bonds that are already there. You add to that things and all of a sudden, and this is all long-term planning for the club, Enoch have been in charge for 20 years so far. If you look at the plan what they've got, in five years' time from where we are now, it conceivably, we could be debt-free on the stadium. And that's impressive, isn't it? Well, well, it is impressive from the point of view of like the management and the ideas of the club, but also impressive from the point of view of once you're debt free on the stadium, that means all of the money generated from the stadium goes to the football. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't, it won't vanish from that. You know, for all the for all the things that we criticise Enoch and everything, and people are like, oh, profits over glory. Enoch have never taken money out of the club. They've never put money in <laughs> since they bought it. That's a sore subject. But they don't take it out either. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Levy earns a salary. People earn a salary. But Enoch, they treat it as a self-funding project. One day, they'll sell us. And that's when they'll make their money. You know, they bought the club for 22 million quid. If the stadium in five years' time is completely paid off and the profit centre that it's going to be, the club's going to be valued at like two and a half billion pounds. Yeah, bought it for twenty-two million, sold it for two point five billion. It's not well. a bad investment, is it? It was twenty-five year investment, it yeah. be at that point. You know, that's 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 not a bad return. No. And so that's how they treat the club. So again, once the stadium is debt-free, all of those events—the boxing, the rugby, everything—all of that income goes into the football, which means, you know, the wage ceiling will be as good as any club in the world. It means the transfer kitty will be right up there with pretty much every club in the world. It's a, it's a phenomenal situation to be in, and it's where we've all dreamt of being, but the pandemic hit, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, sure. and so the club have had to take measures to see us through that, and then it's going to be a little bit, you know, chunky to, to to come through the other side. And this summer, I generally do not think there's a budget really for transfers, but newsflash, there isn't one for anybody. Yeah. I saw yesterday the president of Bayern Munich said the idea of us spending a hundred million this summer is laughable because they keep getting linked with all these different players. He's like, you know, anyone we buy, we're going to have to sell. 
you know <laughs> if Bayern Munich are saying that in Germany that means there ain't a lot of money in Germany to do stuff uh, Italy's the same Spain we know the big two in Spain are basically bankrupt so there ain't a massive amount of money out there Man City Paris Saint-Germain they're the ones that are going to kick the market because when they just spend their owners money or Chelsea even that enables other clubs to have money to then do stuff and that moves the market but yeah there aren't there aren't going to be many clubs out there throwing money around. I can tell mm, you that. Yeah, it's going to be very boring for old Jim White on Sky Sports. <laughs> uh, mate, we've reached that time where we need to hand over to our fellow Tottenham fans from Facebook and Instagram. Are you ready? I'm ready, mate. Let's go. Right, let's rock and roll. Now it's time for your comments. going to start with instagram because i like to get out of the way with the weird names <laughs> oh yeah i'm so easily confused i'm old uh we open up with david p underscore 195 who says do you think that Mourinho will stay another two seasons and if not who do we bring in no and julian nagelsman that's for me what about you, you yeah i mean i don't know i just who knows with Mourinho? I mean, two years is, is a very long time for him at one club. So who knows? I, massive, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know we've 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 mentioned it countless times on the podcast, but the end of the season is when you need to ask this question. I think. Yeah. Like, you know, okay. let's look at where, where we are in the league. If we did win a league cup or any other trophy, then let's discuss where where how long we think Mourinho should be at the club. I think that's where we need to where, where the question needs to be asked. I think. Very diplomatic of you. <laughs> the JMFS says when Gio is finally fit will he be able to crack the start in 11 that actually sounds like a furniture store by the way that <laughs> the JMFS yeah it does sound a little bit like the JMFS sale come on down sofas are half off yeah. uh, Gio yeah bit, I yeah. think we've missed what was it you that said it I Someone said it. One of the groups. No, I mean, said uh, it. Yeah. it was you. There we go. Uh, the, the, was it the last game? How? Yeah, he would have... I, I felt he would have got passes between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you're playing against a team that's going to sit banks, you you need someone who's going to unlock them. Um, and you know whether that's someone running at them like Lucas is doing at the moment, which is a terrifying thing, or or Geo literally threading a ball through. I mean, we didn't have them in the belly either. Who does the same? Yeah, sure. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I rate him, Giovanni Lachelso. But I have seen some of the stats around just how few games he's been available for us. Um, the, he's unavailable today for Zagreb, which I think someone posted was the twenty sixth game in a row he's missed. Wow. Do you know it's funny when at the beginning of the season, Seb and I both got the uh, away shirts, the green shirts. He yeah. got Delhi on his back of his one, and I got Celso yeah. on the back of mine. And I was kind of so laughing you, at him. You two have cursed <laughs> players. <laughs> right. Okay, it's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. You get Jose on your shirt now. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's funny. I, um, he's he's a great player. And I think if he could stay fit, he, he'd really push everybody forward. Because, you know, talking about would he make the start in eleven. 
just having him there breathing down the necks of people would would be great, you know. <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, and you know, Hoybier could possibly have a day off as well because Lachelso loves to stick his foot in. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh wow! Great news. We got a question from the Mountain Man. Oh, he's back. He's a man, such a man, such a man, he's a real, a real man's man. Any excuse to play that? <laughs> uh, Mountain Man simply says, Jose in, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I love it. He is, he is currently, yes, yes. Maybe he's, he's because he's got up up on the mountain. This, the signal's so bad that he literally yeah. only had like a fifteen second window. So he's like, I need to yeah. get my message across before the Wi-Fi yeah. goes again. I, I need I need to make this really quick. Jose in, <laughs> or his Wi-Fi's so bad that he does, he's only just learned Pochettino's been fired, and he's questioning who's next. Jose in, <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, the mountain man is accurate. Jose is certainly in. Um, has my opinion changed from a few weeks ago? No, it hasn't. Um, it took me quite a long time to get to that point. Um, I, I'm, I'm more than more than happy to be proven completely wrong, though. Uh, as I said in that blog, either I actually like nothing more than him to really make a success of things. The main reason for that is so many people seem to want him to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, like so many journalists, so many pundits just want him to fail with us. There's a massive part of me that would just love him to to not, you know. Yeah. But that's certainly not the feeling I've got overall. Uh, but thank you, Mountain Man. I hope you're keeping safe up there. Um, you take care. We're now going to head over to Facebook, where Kevin McPherson says, "Who's better, Harry Kane or Haaland?" Um, currently. It's Harry Kane. Yeah. However, Haaland's a bit fucking good. He's he's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> he just broke Kane's record for the fastest to get to twenty Champions League goals. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Kane just... got twenty goals in twenty three games, which was the best of anybody. And he's just got twenty goals in fourteen games. That's insane, isn't it? It's absolutely he, insane. He's a bit good. Yeah. He's strongly being linked to Man City for the summer. Do you know? I'd love, I'd love him to come to England because wouldn't you be interested to see what Roy Keane says about him? <laughs> see oh. him and his dad had a bit of a. a I'd like, a... I'd like to see him say it to his face. Harland's yeah. a brick. Actually, do you know what? Do you know what? I want to see Harland in the studio with Roy Keane. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's awkward. No, yeah. Oh dear! Could you imagine? Oh God! Yeah. Any of you young kids not knowing what we're talking about, go Google and into YouTube. Roy Keane and Harland. Yeah, hit his dad yeah. and Roy Keane weren't the best of friends. Should we put it that way? Knit from memory. Harland injured Keane. Keane said, "When I come back, I'm going to break your leg." And literally, in his first game back against him, he broke went his leg. in and broke his leg. Yeah, yeah. he never. And his his career was over basically after yeah. that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Keane just walked off with the red card yeah. with a smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Animal. Absolute animal. Um, 
The, the next one's from Liam Hickey who says City are only 20 points ahead of us and we have a game in hand with 30 points left to play for. Is it okay to start dreaming again? <laughs> now, Liam, I sense the sarcasm dripping from your question here. Um, I do love the fact that people who listen to us get our sense of humour, though. Um, so, Liam, yes, absolutely, you should be dreaming. 100%. Completely. It's on. It's, it's back on. It's yeah. on. Yeah, it's, it's on like Donkey Kong, my friend. Uh, Ryan Miller says, why is Tanganga not getting much game time? I really like him and think he has a lot of potential. Would rather see him play more than Dyer. Um, the cynical side of me says, because Tanganga doesn't speak Portuguese. Um, but well, Dyer's he... not playing much recently, is he? So I don't no, think he's, he's like, not... getting that much more so, than Dyer. No, so the more the more rational side of it is that Tanganga started the season injured. Um he struggled to shake that off. He, he's had that situation, which a lot of players have, where you sort of you push yourself to come back, and then you pick up another like slight strain, and 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 you just go through that, and then you get yourself back. You play a game, and you pick up a knock. You know, he, he's been unlucky, and I think sometimes when you've been unlucky, you kind of lose your not momentum, but you lose your uh, um, your spot a little bit. You lose mm. that kind of. Right, I've lined you up. You're going to be in here. You're going to be playing every week. Oh no, you're injured. Right, okay. Then other people come in. It's it's a fair point to make that we haven't really got a set uh, a settled central defensive partnership. This nailed it down. What I would say is we've won the last few games, and it's basically been Toby and Sanchez who have been the mainstays of that. And we have looked better by having a cohesive unit that are used to each other. Yeah. Um, what that means in terms of Tanganga and playing, for whatever reason, Jose seems to think of him as a right back. I, I I'm still not seeing that myself. I, I still, he's still, for me, a, a talented central defender, and that's that's where he should be playing. So. I don't know. I, I think he's still very much got a future. Jose talks about him very, very highly. So <clears throat> I, I think he's still definitely got a future with us. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't really give you much of an explanation beyond the fact he did pick up injuries probably at a bad time. You know, If he didn't have him at that point, he probably would have been playing. Yeah, and also as well, Sam, he's, he's, he's very young, isn't he? You know, he's he kind is, of, yeah. you know, it's not like we, we're leaving out a, a seasoned 27, 28 year old player, you know, that we spent 50, 60 million on. Like, you know, he's a hmm. young player that's come from yeah. the youth set up. And so, you know, he's got plenty of time ahead of him. And I'm sure if he carries on his development like he is, then, you know, in three, four years' time, he probably be will be one of the first names on the team sheet, you know? So, yeah, hope so. give the lad time, I think. Yeah, no, I do hope so. I do yeah. hope that he can nail down a spot. Um, Al- Alpesh K. Patel says, I am very impressed with our young academy players and loanees. This is the team enrichment for the future, or maybe next season. He said team enrichment. <laughs> I feel like we need to have like a little team enrichment, like a sound don't, effect. Don't, yeah, okay, sound effect, yeah. Don't start with the whole jingle thing. I, I'm not <laughs> doing it for everyone. We're going to come on to that. Um, like the young Chelsea's academy, how close or equivalent are we to bringing these talents into the first team squad? If we had an embargo like they had, would we have been better outcome, or is it the money will get the best talent out there? 
Um, when will these young players get a go? It is a great debate around academy and young players about when is a good time to play them. Chelsea literally didn't have a choice due to their transfer embargo but to give some of their players a chance. Um, they did that. They did relatively well. And then they spent 200-odd million and sacked the manager who did well with them. Yeah, I was going to say, he's the only, he's the only one who really benefited out of that embargo. I think that was Lampard because he just he yeah. was on the, he basically had a protective ring around him, didn't he, for that, he, for that season? He did. Um, the, the issue you've got is you can easily destroy a player by doing it too soon. Um, you know, some some players come into the side and they they come in and they look like they've been there in their entire lives and they, and they play phenomenally well, but that is so rare and people don't realise just how rare that is. And then you get other players who feel like they've been around forever, and then all of a sudden they look great, you know. And and my main example of that's going to be Phil Foden at Man City. Yeah. Pep Guardiola identified him a long time ago and has had him around the first team squad and has had him come on for like 10 minutes here, 5 minutes here for season after season and it's felt weird that he's, you know, he's this kid's always there, Foden, oh he's bringing on young Foden or Foden starts in the League Cup and then comes off, you know he's just always been around and then this season everyone's gone, oh wow this kid's really good mm. <laughs> and but he's really good consistently now Years ago, he wouldn't have been, and and but by playing him, giving him minutes, managing him, keep bringing him through, keep developing, keep giving him the experience of these games at every level, that now he is consistently a very good player for Man City. You know, he's consistently a very good player. Full stop. So you need to be careful with it. Um, some players, like I say, sort of can come in. Uh, think of like Ryan Mason, Andros Townsend. These players came in, established themselves in the first team. Both won England caps. Both then, you know, went. You know, one at Crystal Palace. Uh, Mason went to Hull. Obviously, we then know the horrible thing that happened with Forster's retirement. But my point is, neither of them were Harry Kane of getting into the first team and just becoming a world superstar. You know, th mm. that's so rare. You you get players come in like flash of the pans and then vanish. We were just talking about Tanganga. You know, again, the Foden thing could be a perfect example there. He's getting experience bit by bit. He's working with Toby Alderweireld day in, day out. Sanchez, day in, day out. You know, experienced international players. That's not going to do him any harm. Um, you know, you've got another kid, TJ Omo, who's been on loan all season at Lincoln, playing week in, week out, and playing really well. And he's going to come back in and sort of push as well, you know, trying to make his point that look, you know, I've gone away, I've played first team football, I know what it's about. Let me, you know, give me a go. Skip's another good example as well, isn't he? Skip's a great example yeah. of that. I mean, the, the you look at, you know, Oliver Skip's going to return to us in the summer, unless something batshit happens with a championship winner's medal around his neck. Yeah, and he's going to have played practically every minute of every game for Norwich to win that. Norwich fans like him. Uh, Norwich manager would love to keep him next season. Uh, from what I was told, they've already made an approach to loan him for a season in the Premier League. And the Tottenham have gone, nope. <laughs> no, no. We have plans for him. <laughs> yeah, We have a lovely spot in our midfield. He's about to walk straight into it. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's a real thing, and you know, uh, another player who's out on loan, and although he's not hitting the kind of form yet that we'd all like to see him hit, is now earning absolute rave reviews. Is Troy Parrott? Uh, you know, he dropped down to to League One, um, a real turmoil at Ipswich, but you know, everyone's really loving his work ethic and what he's doing there. And these loans can sometimes be more about you learning about you, the mentality and the rigours of first-team football and putting the work in. You know, Harry Kane went on all those loans and none of them were prolific goals loans. Mm. <laughs> you know, none of them. You haven't got any of those clubs like, well, well, we knew when we had him here he'd be a success because he scored 10 in 5. You know, he was yeah. phenomenal. Mm. None of that. <laughs> you know, it just didn't happen. You you'd never You never would have known what he was going to go on to become from those loans in isolation you just wouldn't um so yeah it is a real there there's enough there that is going to make a real impact in the squad alpes you're absolutely right and they are going to help freshen things up i've talked we talked a little bit last week about like the left back situation at the club we got sergio regulon you know sessignon's coming back from a loan he's still a very young player and you know different areas of the team is going to get freshened up by younger English players who are hungry to kick on. Um, and that always helps. Yeah, of course. Uh, James Campbell says, you've stated that you think it might be time for Lucas Moura to move on in the summer, but recently he's been putting in some excellent performances and Jose seems to really value him in the squad. Do you think he could still have a key role to play at the club or do you still feel that he should try, he should try to sell him? Oh, that's a difficult one. I, I, think, I think since he's been playing in that number 10 role, I've just been mm. so impressed by him. I, I feel like it's given him that freedom to kind of, you know, make those... Yeah. It's a bit like, um, you know, when you, when he places Oko in the middle, I know, like, he kind of yeah, gets yeah. there and he's like, what do I do now? But I feel like with him, like, you know, you put Sissoko out wide and he, he doesn't feel comfortable. Mm. Not feel comfortable, you don't see the best of him. And I think it's the same no, with Lucas. You put Lucas in the middle and you just... You see, you're like, wow, this guy can take players on and you know make these runs. And whereas with yeah. Sissoko gets a bit lost when he's up there, Lucas doesn't. Like Luke, you know, Lucas can find a ball or, or you know take a shot on you know. So I, yeah. I've really been impressed with him since since he's been playing more in the middle. I, I, I've been impressed with him as well. I, I um, he's one of those things, and and I kind of I hope I I put it across when I said it before is like. I don't dislike him at all, and and I value his contribution. I mean, it, the the hat trick in Amsterdam will forever be like statue worthy, as far as I'm concerned. Legendary status, yeah. Yeah, you know, you you'll have love for me for my entire life for that alone. Um, it's just for me when you're looking at the squad and you're trying to uh, refresh it, trying to rebuild it, trying to create something different. There are some players in it who being heart battle hardened on my thing could possibly move on and he was one um but you're right in this role and the way he's playing right now you'd never let him go um because he's added so much value and it and it is interesting that we talk a lot about you know how do we break down these teams that are going to sit these banks of four and everything well one way is to run the ball at them because mm. it draws players to you and if you can then get your pass away You've then got Kane's son in bail with space. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know, that's deadly. And that's yeah, that's what's been working for us so yeah. well. So yeah. um you know, you've got to give him credit, you've got to give him credit for the way he's playing, you've got to give the manager credit for creating the, the environment for them to do it. So yeah, I, 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 I see people sort of get caught in there, it's like, Ah, you said Jose should be fired, you said we should sell Lucas. It's like, well, 
yeah, and, and I stand by it. Uh, but I, I do just love the fact that I'm being proven wrong at the yeah, moment. Of course. And yeah. I'd love it by the end of the season if I can sit back and go, yeah, completely got that wrong. Mm-hmm. What a great, what a great second half of the season we all had, you know. So it just, uh, yeah, there's certainly no part of me at all that would take any kind of delight in going. Ah, I told you so. Um, I, I would very much love it if we could just keep going strength to strength from here. Yeah, of course. Um, I've read this last question. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Tom Agerskew, Agerskew, uh said, After Glenn Hoddle's recent heroics on The Masked Singer, which current Spurs player would you like to see on there and what costume would they be wearing? <laughs> Sam, I can't believe you. So you don't watch this show? I have no idea what this is. Oh, Sam, come on. Me, me I, I said this to you before we started to record. Uh, yeah. my fam, me and my family, it is our favourite. Now, we, I, I feel like, and this is, you know, we talk about 90s football and reminiscing about when we was young. Well, another yeah. thing I would like to reminisce about is when I was younger, and again, this would be only people that may be over 35 that would understand this. Mm-hmm. A Saturday evening with my with my family uh, yeah. as a kid watching gladiators on a saturday love saturday evening. gladiators yes. just loved it love love looking forward to watching gladiators we'd all sit down <laughs> we just had our dinner and we'll you sit... will go on my first whistle yeah so but but now but that, back in them days there was only what, four channels i don't think even channel five yeah, was, was a thing was, when i was, was when i was four, a young boy four channels, yeah. yeah so with 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 what with how things are at the moment and how diluted I guess television is, where you you've got net, you've got all the different streaming uh, services, yeah. you've got hundreds of channels just on normal uh, terrestrial television. To find a program on a Saturday evening that I've, I sit down with with my two kids and, and Vicky and we and we watch it, I love it. So with yeah. the Masked Singer, that was that's up in our thing, and the, the kids absolutely love it. Like they'll they'll just you'll have like um, I think it's like about a dozen celebrities and they'll all wear different costumes and, and and you've got four four judges i think um they normally have a guest one on as well and they have to basically guess who's who's in the costume and, and then yeah, every i mean every... I, I will say that because glenn hoddle was on this i saw on tottenham twitter people sharing what appeared to be him inside of a giant clock yeah so that was his one so he, he whoever loses they have to basically that's take off their mask and you're yeah. like, wow, that's who it is, you know. So, so yeah, we all love it. Like they'll start singing and later get up and dance and that. So when nice. I saw when I saw this question, I was thinking I've got to ask the kids what they what what their opinions would be because this is our our this is our forte, the yeah, sure, mask yeah. singer. You know, I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> well there you go Tom someone loves your question yeah um, so the, the kids have answered did Vicky have a go as well she she did answer but she wasn't willing to record uh, audio no, for her no she wimped out no she, she said she said she sounds too Essex and, uh... oh yeah well that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry Vicky sorry Vicky didn't mean, didn't I do ever Vicky. <laughs> I do ever answer though but uh, yeah. what, the kids came so uh, Vicky would go with Jose Mourinho, and yeah. his costume would be a big bottle of Piri Piri sauce because he's Portuguese. Piri-piri sauce. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. And also, well, what, she would, th- what would she your thinks... answer be, by the way? Uh, well, um, my answer, I think I'd go Gareth Bale. Yeah. Uh, in a in a dragon costume, obviously being Welsh, and because he is Welsh, more yeah. than likely he'll be able to sing. So. 
More than... <laughs> I like that, yeah. Yeah, he's there. He's there nailing a Tom Jones classic dressed yeah, in a dragon costume. I, I can imagine. Okay. And, and we've been talking about Jose Mourinho as well. I don't know about you, but he he has got that look about him where he's he could be a bit of a um, a bit of a crooner, don't you think? He's kind of got that. Oh uh... no, I don't want to think about this. What are you <laughs> doing to me? You think... Who's that? Who's uh... that American guy that that's? Um... Oh, the the touching hands song. I'm I'm forgetting his name now. Um, touching hands. What's who sings that? Carol, Car- sweet Caroline. Who's the guy that sings that? It, it's, yeah. Wouldn't you wouldn't really put him as a crooner though? I mean, that's... Do, do, do you not think that? Do you not oh, think Maria looks I, like I, a bit I, of a? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine him singing like "Fly Me to the Moon," "Let Me Play," like stuff like that. That's crooner stuff. I, New... I don't know. There you go, Neil Diamond. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, oh, Neil Diamond. He's got a bit of a Neil Diamond look about him, Mourinho. Do you not think? Yeah. All right. I, how have we got here? What, what's going on? I was talking about football, and now I'm talking about people wearing masks and singing songs. Neil Diamond. So you said to me the kids answered. Have we got a recording of the kids answers? Because that'd cheer me up. I do. I'd like yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, they right, both fine. Give me their if, the, if the kids are going to answer, then that's fine. I, I'm on, I'm on board with that. Okay. Let's, let's have a listen. Uh, okay, it's Layla and Seb. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with Layla's first. All right. Okay. I would like to see Harry Kane on the Mars Singer. And I would like him to wear a giraffe costume because he's tall. <laughs> so I like her one. So yeah, Harry Kane, I think would be. I don't know. Do you think Harry Kane could? could do you think he looks, seems like he could sing? I don't, I don't think he probably could that well. I mean, that's just a guess. But <laughs> I, I um, I don't know. I'd love to know his song choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, what would his know. song choice be? <laughs> I, I I see. I have a suggestion for this. Okay. I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, nope. okay. I can imagine nope. you've been quite not a meme. Say it. <laughs> yep, not going to say it. Nope. Okay. I, I love him too much to take yeah, a Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Seb, Seb, what's your idea? I would like to see Sonny in a cheetah costume because he's really fast and when he it sh- he showed it when he won the Puskas. Okay. Yeah, he's put I like some that. thought into that. Yeah, he has. He has put yeah. some thought into it. And... um. Again, Sun. What what would Sun Sun's song be? I, 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 oh, it's going to be some K-pop song. It's got to uh, be. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he talks about it too much. Um, or or if we want to like really twist it, like Sunny, the most happy, smiling guy in the world, sings absolute straight up gangster rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not talking like fun stuff. We're talking like straight up proper like, hardcore, straight yeah. out of Compton. <laughs> they have to keep bleeping the N word yeah. every time he. Yeah. <laughs> F the police. No, Sonny, you can't do that. It's a family show. Yeah. Um, wow. I, you know, when we started this podcast, this is not where I thought we'd end up. Um, but thank you for all the questions, everybody. Um, I I think I'd have Hugh Gallery dressed in a big bottle of wine. There you yeah, go. I love it. And That's what would he be singing? Uh, Every Breath You Take by the Police. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. And, Perfect. Then, and on that note... <laughs> Um, I want to say a big thank you to everybody for listening to us as you do every week Um, we'll be back next week to break down the not only the Dinamo Zagreb first leg result but also the North London Derby so good luck to the team for both of those games because I want to be talking about it with a big smile on my face and not (laughs) 
grimacing. <laughs> Please. Uh, until then, you all take care. But like I said, we'll be back next week. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News. Thank you.